Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast sponsored by the awesome Najahi events. Hey, do you want to know how to grow an Instagram following of almost 2 million people? Well, guess what? I've got the person for you. Cue the music. So tell me, um, let's describe you from chiropractor to social media business operator. <laughs> Would that yeah, be fair? Pretty much sums me up. Tell my audience in the space of one minute, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> I know, talk about a uh, deviation in the career paths um, in one minute. So basically, yeah, was a chiropractor. Had started working my way up in the business sector of it as well, getting more involved with the business, but started really to feel like I was hitting a bit of a glass ceiling. The path in front of me was not quite as straight as I wanted to. And rather than just kind of like, okay, accepting that, I did what any boss babe does, takes a step to the right and paves a new path. Um, And so that's how I found myself working with boss babe. And now we're growing the fastest online community of ambitious women in the world. The fastest online community of ambitious women in the world, mm-hmm. and it's called Boss Babe. Yeah. Now, let's go back to when we first started talking. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the person that introduced us was obviously Nick Pigeon. Yeah. So we'll give her the credit mm-hmm. of that. And I remember having a conversation with you at the beginning where you were trying to brainstorm with me <laughs> what, what you should do. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Very okay, clearly. Well, what do you, okay, so, 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 so <laughs> recount what you remember of that. Well, we had two conversations. The first conversation was you really opened up my mind. I didn't come from a wealthy background. So money was always like this hard object to come by. It didn't grow on trees. It's really difficult. And I remember you asking me the question, well, how much do you want to earn a year? And me being like, oh, I, I don't know. You know, money's like, you can't really say that. And you just say, no, just say a number. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Just say a number. And I was like, oh, it feels weird. Like it physically felt hard to do. Um, and I remember saying a number to you and just not really thinking I'd ever stand a cat and house chance of doing that. But what that did was really allow me to open my mind up to different opportunities. Like it really, in that, that conversation I had with you was really instrumental in actually how I started to look at things differently and how I started to, you know, pr- prior to that, I had done a lot of trading time for money and I was starting to get equity in businesses and um, work in the chiropractic company that I was in. But beyond that, I hadn't really grasped the whole concept of like what it looked like to invest, how it looked, what it looked like to build a bigger business than I had in my mind. And from that first conversation, that, that was a real pivotal moment. And then we obviously went on to have more conversations, which we agreed to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did agree to disagree. And, and I, was, I, was, I, was, I was concerned for you mm. because I thought you were making... I didn't necessarily think you're making a bad decision. I just, I just wasn't sure that you had put enough thought into the decision you were making. Would that be fair? Can you remember that? Yeah. I was concerned that you were making a decision and you weren't mm. thinking it through. Yeah. And it's just like it was. It seemed too impulsive to me. Yeah. Now I'd obviously heard good things about mm. Natalie from Nick, mm. so it's mm. not like I was like, who the hell is this woman? But uh, it was something that I was really concerned for you. Like uh, yeah. you're a chiropractor. You're in the chiropractic industry. <laughs> you've had this opportunity. It's almost like yeah. someone had said to you, "There's a golden goose." At the end of the rainbow mm. there's you know this this pot of gold just go get it mm. and so that's how it felt at the time clearly yeah. clearly I, no, I, was... and I think all those those conversations are really important though because if there's anything that I've learned in business is that it's not all shiny and it's not all roses all the way through and you have to be prepared that things are going to be hard and things are going to be difficult and so I think having that conversation really just made me think okay am I prepared for this like am I prepared for it working out and am I also prepared for it not to work out but in my mind and I think a lot of people will relate to this when they're starting businesses sometimes you just know like you know you can see something that family friends no one else can see but you just have this inner belief that you know where it's going you know what it's going to do you know what it's capable of you know what the vision is and sometimes it's okay for people to disagree but I had to have that conversation myself too like okay can I really make this work can I really see this is it worth like I had I had a good life I had good opportunities ahead of me and so I was deviating but also what I really tried to look at was you know do 
does it have to be this or that? How can I make them both work? And fortunately, that's what I was able to do. I was able to have very open and honest conversations with the people around me and saying, look, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm um, looking towards. And I've been able to shape both of them at the same time, which has been pretty incredible. Let's talk about it then, mm-hmm. Boss Babe. Yeah. Let, let, give me, give me a, a, a better understanding of it. Okay, let the audience try and understand more. Uh, some of them will obviously know who you are because you've got billions of people you're connected <laughs> to. But uh, for the people out there that don't really understand, what exactly is it? Well, we're first of all, it's a community. And we're a community for ambitious women. And we provide information, oh, so inspiration, information and resources so inspiration whether it's on any of our media platforms so we have a podcast um, we have a social media um, instagram account we have bossbabe.com which is a blog and we're growing as well and from there we have the information so whether it's free content that we put out there so we always make sure that our blog contents our podcasts etc there's always good takeaways in it so people can get free content from us we have challenges that we run um all sorts and then we provide those resources which come in the shape of form which is our membership so we have the society which is the place for female entrepreneurs to connect grow and build and that's like 34 dollars a month where people get you know whereas before what we really wanted to do was people would have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars in specific courses um, and a lot of these people maybe are not quite sure where they want to start out and so when they join they get access to things like how to do linkedin how to do facebook ads how to go on instagram like um you just don't want to how to start and create a podcast so they get access to all of these success kits we call them um for a fraction of the price and actually get a community so that was what was really important for us that we allow women to connect with each other um which is a common theme i'll come back to because that's what natalie and i definitely felt we didn't have we didn't feel like we had this network um and that's what we wanted to create and then alongside that we have courses um so we have an instagram course we're launching a new course next year on how to launch an online business Excuse me. Give us your number on socials. You've got 1.7 million people 1. following you. 1.8 now. 1.8 on Instagram. Yeah. And on other socials? Um, so on Facebook, we're um, a little small, around 200,000. And then we have over a million downloads on our podcast. Um, and over a million monthly views on bossbabe.com as well. And bossbabe.com is your website. Mm. And do you use LinkedIn? Not so much. It's not really a platform that we've explored so far, but we're actually looking into doing more of that next year. And then we have um, Pinterest as well that we utilize. We have over a million um, subscribers on that as well. And TikTok? No, not doing it yet. Why not? Well, it's interesting. I I was having a chat with, um, I actually had two YouTubers on our podcast. They were 18. They were telling me how big TikTok is becoming. For us, it's around, you know, we can't do everything and we can't be everywhere. If we are, we're diluting um, what we're creating. So at the moment, we've got our core channels and we're focused in on them. And maybe maybe TikTok will come into that. But really, we know we know what's working for us right now. And that's not saying like, oh, wouldn't diverse, but we just have a team that's focusing on certain projects right now. So maybe in the future, we'll look at TikTok. A lot of people out there would like to know how to get 1.8 million followers on Instagram. Mm. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I've seen Natalie do some, offer some courses and coaching yeah. for people to do it. But give me, give me you, you, you weren't in that world. No. So talking to you about it, it's going to yeah. be interesting. So you, you, you became part of that business in... Um, February 2018. Okay, so nearly two years ago. Yeah. And before then, I'm pretty sure that social media wasn't your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't your ting. <laughs> no, completely. I think I only started on Instagram and probably no. I think it was like September 2017. So I was not into social media at all. In fact, I remember thinking and saying, um, I haven't got time for Instagram. I can barely manage Facebook. <laughs> And so um, really just not wanting to get involved in that. Like it was just not something I was super passionate about. Um, But then um, when I actually met Nick, she was the person who convinced me to get on Instagram. I was like, okay, like I'll have a little look, you know, Um, I'm I'm wanting to diverse my business portfolio. So I'll have a little look into this. Just started an account and started playing with it really. And yeah, I am not the Instagram queen. Everyone who follows um, Boss Babe will know that's Natalie's forte. She's absolutely amazing at it and just knows what what people want to see and what creates good valuable content um but going back to your question around like you know what is the key thing to growing it it's consistency 100 percent. so we've been posting like three times a week on bossbabe.com for like four um sorry at bossbabe.inc which is our instagram handle 
about four years now. And so, so, so what, <clears throat> uh, bossbabe.inc, which is your Instagram handle, you've been posting yeah. three times, three times, times a day, sorry, three, three times, times a, day. a day, yeah, content for, yeah, okay, and that's in stories and in the feed or in the feed, in the feed, and then in addition to stories, obviously, stories haven't been out. So, you do three time. posts a day in the feed, yeah, okay, so how does so come on, let's, let's you know, you, you've, you've been through something yeah. in the last couple of years that most people are listening right now. Mm-hmm haven't Mm -hmm. okay but it'll be much rawer to you because you're exposed to it in the ways that I suppose Natalie has kind of grown up with it yeah Natalie has been on it for years so tell us tell us what did you learn when you see how that's grown what is the secret what's the golden source people want to know this I know and I think honestly the, the key things the golden source is value plus consistency so you have to be giving value to your audience people either want content that's going to they're going to learn something from they're going to relate to you know i think sometimes instagram can be a little bit fickle and so it can just be like glorified pictures really face tuned really photoshopped that's not what we're into at all Mm -hmm. and that really doesn't provide value for people who are viewing and i definitely always want people to when they come into my natalie's or boss babe to be inspired not feel bad about their lives and i think there's a lot of social media posts out there that can make you think oh my god their their life is so good they're living the high life why was my life not in there and so um one is always that value and then two that consistency and you'll see with boss babe and natalie is that always very very consistent with posting okay well uh, forgive me for opening it up and doing Mm -hmm. it right now because Mm -hmm. i think it's a real practical way of us taking a look at it so this is bossbabe.inc with its 1.8 million followers there's a post there today make your dreams so big you have to reinvent yourself to meet them yeah okay so uh, so if I go to the next one, I'm not impressed by the picture you're sitting on a private jet. I'm more interested in the story that how you got there. Yeah. Okay. What's t- what's what am I learning from this? And and I mean that objectively. Mm-hmm. What for the audience is that is that giving them something opposed? Because to, to me that looks like consistency. Yeah. So two two points. So our our we became very popular on Instagram from. Um, the quotes, right? So these are inspiration. So I spoke about that inspiration, that information, the resources. This is an inspiration. So people are just like their daily dose of inspiration. They'll come to us at Boss Babe. Now, if you were to watch the stories or the highlights, and that's when we're giving the value. Often, Natalie and I, if you watch our long form posts, so the ones that we put on social media, that's where we give value. So we shared a story. I recently shared a story. Um, well, actually a little while ago um, about being in um, Italy at the time and just feeling like actually I-, I was giving myself a hard time with like how I looked on social media and I was like I don't want to put this picture up there like you know it should I add should I tweak it should I face tune it whatever and I didn't but I shared that story and people were able to relate to it other stories to suggest is like okay how we've how we've grown boss babe and we've given the value there so there always needs to be like value can be in any shape or form that you want it to be so a value can just be inspiration or a value can be a long form post or a value can be you know sharing on on the stories that I were doing a conversation the other day around you know how we work together so that is always different and it doesn't necessarily there needs to be a common theme but people don't necessarily want to be hearing you say the same thing over and over again and they but they want a little peek into your life so what we really share in our personal stories is more like behind the scenes of boss babe so like sharing some of our struggles and sharing some of our wins too based upon what i look at there mm-hmm. it's almost like women need something different to men and because a lot of this content here, mm. I mean, you're, you're, you're focused on the, the female yeah. community. Would you agree with that or not? Yeah, no, I would. And I think... You keep giving me looks as if to say... Do I? Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I got my mum's eyes. I, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, learning. I'm, no, I'm learning from you. So, yeah, no, I'm, cause, I'm... So when I look at this... Yeah. Okay, let's go back here. Okay. You're talking about stuff here that... From, a, from an inspiration, mm-hmm. okay... This this seems to be more. My wife, mm-hmm. this would resonate with this more yeah. than 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 I do. Obviously, I can't hear what she's saying right now, but but it's kind of like I'm trying to work out because I I want people mm-hmm. to do really well on social media, yeah. and one of their one of the biggest headaches people have mm-hmm. is how do I get a bigger audience? Mm-hmm. And so there's there's two ways: you can buy a bigger audience, yep. which is then a fake audience, yep. or you can spend money on advertising. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. to promote your content to a bigger yeah. audience mm-hmm. we know that, that we know that without fail you must produce content on a regular basis yeah. you know content yeah. creation so guess what yeah. I, I, I create content every <laughs> blooming day i do podcasts like crazy i get yeah. celebrity guests on tony robbins wherever it may yeah. be to come on my podcast i i do a a Sunday night Facebook live where I teach mm-hmm. people stuff that they're not mm-hmm. going to learn anywhere. I've got a demonstrable proof track mm-hmm. record of success. Yep. So I'm giving all of that away for free. So I'm teaching, teaching, teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you do any of that mm-hmm. and and you hope organically that's going to get anywhere, mm-hmm. then I don't believe on most channels, I mm-hmm. don't believe it will. So this is what this is what we actually teach in our course as well. Because yes, you have to have all those. You have to have that content, but also you have to be tapping into other networks to get it seen. Okay, so I'm just going to rewind a couple of points. So basically, when you're creating value and you're creating content, you want to be known for certain things. So you're known for your sales, right? Which is great. So people know to come to you for something. But you might also have like what we call like stickers around your life as well. So it might be a little more behind the scenes of you and Anna, your wife, or it might be a little more around the behind the scenes of what it's like living in Dubai. Okay. So something other than just value that makes people want to be able to relate to you, not like they want to know what's like, who you are and that isn't always around business they want to be like okay what's the behind the scenes what does Spencer get up to what's his lifestyle like as well as okay yeah I can learn sales from him right so there's that piece as well and we always say like you should really have like mm, three to five stickers we call them so thing or pillars um, that you're known for and then in addition to that what I would say around if you it is very competitive to grow audience these days so one thing that's really important and um you know, you, you spoke about um, how to grow, you know, why you should have a podcast on your Sunday night sales session the other day. But what I would say as well is like, you need to be tapping into the people's networks. That's why podcasts are really powerful. That's why like, you know, having other people share you to their audience is super value. And then you hook them in. And then as long as you are then consistent with the content from there, well then they will come back to you. So whenever you follow someone for the first time on Instagram, you'll notice that then they start coming up in your feed straight away. So if you engage with that initial post, so if someone starts following you, so let's say I'm going to share you with the Boss Babe audience. And around that time, you're creating good, valuable content, which they're also interested in and they're intrigued by then they're going to stick with you as a follower so it's always important that you're showing up every single day in that respect if that if instagram is a medium that you're wanting to grow on but i would also say i do personally feel like and this is coming from someone who's built their business from instagram it's not the only way to build a business as i built businesses before instagram not on instagram not on social media and i was very successful in that and so I always talk about in the society, our membership, people become infatuated by numbers and by followers and by likes. And that's not what it's about. Like if you stop, stop, people focus on that way too much that they actually don't get things done in their business. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were other points to start with in your business other than posting on social media. If you're getting a business off your ground, am I going to tell you that you're the number one place you should be on? First of all, it's social media. No, it's going to be too slow and steady. You should be doing things offline. You should be tapping up your network. You know, people work with people they know, like, and trust. It's harder to build know, like, and trust through Instagram and social media than it is me sitting in a room with somebody or me going to a network event or me being introduced to somebody through a friend because I already have experience in that field. And that's what I think a lot of people lose sight with with building businesses. They become infatuated by the likes and it's just not the way it's going. Okay, well, that's that's a fair comment. So I don't disagree with that. Mm. But let's say I had a product I wanted to sell and it's, oh, let's say I was wanted to sell my book Mm -hmm. and I've got 30,000 people on Instagram I've got 20 odd thousand people on LinkedIn across all of it there's 100,000 people with Mm -hmm. Facebook and stuff yeah so I go out to those 100,000 people and I pay the jolly good people from an advertising perspective to make sure everybody receives that message Mm -hmm. you do it just based on the same percentage conversion rate Mm -hmm. your conversion is going to be much higher yeah yeah and so with the say, if so, let's say ten percent for the sake of argument. Okay, mm-hmm. converts. Okay, that's ten thousand sales with mm-hmm. you. That's almost two million. So that's mm-hmm. two hundred thousand sales. Mm-hmm. So this is and this is what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've got a bigger audience, I've got a bigger audience to sell something to. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. But what people don't know is that you haven't, and I'm going to guess this. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know this. Okay. What most people don't know is for you to get to whether it's 1.7, 1.8, 2 million, whatever that number is, requires a, sh- 
Uh, sorry, I'm not allowed to swear. We've <laughs> uh, got an enormous you didn't quite amount. Quite get it out. <laughs> You're okay. Sugar, um, an enormous amount of hard work. Yes. And that that amount of hard work, that massive amount of hard work, has been spent on building an audience so that you can sell to that audience essentially. Yeah. Okay. You, you like you've just mentioned, you can spend that time working. Mm-hmm. Okay. On selling to an audience a different way mm-hmm. that isn't actually necessarily your audience. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should people care about doing it the offline way more or should people care about building their audience and then selling to their audience once there's the no like and trust put together? What, mm. what's, what's the optimum way? Well, because you started off this conversation saying you used to trade time for money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my personal perspective on it is I think, I don't think there is an, I think the optimal way depends on where you are in your business, right? So let's say you're just starting out in business and you're like, okay, I want to leave the job I'm in and I want to, I want want to start a company, right? And so you will need to get in money quickly. So there might be, you might already have, everyone already has a bit of an audience if they've been on some form, most people have been on some some form of social media. So they're always going to have some form of audience. And first of all, you're going to tap up those people you know in your existing network, whatever form that's in. I think that's great. I think as your business grows, social media definitely has to play a part in it. I just think it's a slower moving vehicle. And I think you have to respect the time and energy that goes into doing it. And it's not just, you know, if you're a one man band, it is hard to be on social. It is hard to be doing your emails it is hard to be you know growing the business organically um and so I think there is there's always that balance and I think that's different with every single business I don't think there's just like okay yeah here's my I think I was to say there's a perfect way to do it I'd be I wouldn't be a businesswoman because the way I see it you have to go with where your audience is and you have to listen to your audience so yes I said earlier on about not worrying so much about the likes and that maybe that comes from like a personal content but with the boss babe one we do worry about the likes because if we're putting something out that someone isn't engaging with we know it's not hitting our audience right and so you know it's market research for us right so we're always like okay let's test this let's see how it does if it doesn't work let's change it let's learn from it and the same thing with like let's say you're sending your book out right if it doesn't land the first time well you don't give up do you you tweak it what's the message behind it like mm-hmm. i'm not saying tweak the book but you you tweak why they need the book mm-hmm. and you you would do that with you in a conversation with me and you do it in social media and i think people just expect to put things out once and automatically somebody is going to buy it right well we know that it takes seven times for somebody to see something to want to buy it and we also know that the message needs to be different every time that they see it well not different every time they see it but if the message isn't landing the first time tweak it and change it so then they're like oh yeah I definitely want that book now now he said that that is my problem I relate to that I want that book did you know that two years ago um no okay that's that's important for the, mm. my listeners to, to mm. understand because if you didn't know it two years ago and you understand that now then that mm. gives everybody the opportunity to be able yeah. to learn rather than kind of throw the towel in almost oh, which yeah. I think some people oh, are doing yeah don't. you know yeah, and it, it can be really, I get that it can be really demoralizing, 100%. But I think there needs, like, most, most, how do I put word this? If you're a business person, like, you don't, you can't fail if you don't quit, right? So find Instagram might not be right for you. Facebook might be better for you or YouTube might be better for you or TikTok or Pinterest or LinkedIn. There are loads of different platforms. And I think first of all, it's finding out, finding which one you love and you like that you relate to because then when actually you're creating that content, it's more enjoyable. Like I love doing podcasts. I really do. I actually am a terrible writer and that's why Instagram is not, my personal Instagram is never something we've chosen or I've chosen to grow because it's not where I thrive. It doesn't, I, I, I absolutely love going on with our Boss Babe ones and our quotes, etc. But for me to create content, it's not the platform that I choose to do it. I much prefer doing a podcast. I love speaking and I actually really like being on video. So, you know, we'll be looking at YouTube and having this set up like you have here further down the line. And I think it's just knowing that and being okay with what you like and feeling like, okay, well, maybe when I have a team and they like doing the content, then I'll push in that direction. But really just tapping into what you like doing because then it's easier to do it and what you can be consistent at or someone your team can be consistent at. And then always looking at it as a, you know, a way to learn. Like that's, you know, one of my biggest values is learning and growth. 
Um, I always, I have, I just love listening to people and learning. I never think I know it all. I have no ego around my learning. I'm mm. always happy I to say, I don't know. I'm going to look into it or, hey, I don't know. Can you give me some advice on this? And I think just really leveraging that and going, okay, well, how can I learn from the people around me and how can I learn from my audience or how can I ask for feedback? And actually, I'm not going to be offended when someone tells me what I put out there is no good. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe they had a point and they're just trying to help me and I learn from that and change it. And that's the way I think most people should when they're trying to get out there with their audience, whether it's social media or not, look at things. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of podcasts. Mm-hmm because I'm in the car quite a lot, so I've got time to listen to stuff. Um, I'm also really um, curious about how people live their lives and why they did what they did. And you know, I'm all, I was always fascinated as a financial advisor to meet someone that studied, I don't, I don't know, biomedical science at university, and then they became an architect. It's like, <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? Yeah. For me, that's always fascinating. How did you end up doing what you do? And, and so I find a lot of the time when I, when I have a podcast, I get the opportunity to go and yeah. really learn about people. And by not giving them a list of questions, like mm, I'm yeah. here with you, because I refuse to do that, and just learning, I think that, that there's so much more to learn about people. Mm. From a business perspective, yep. how is a podcast good for people from a business perspective? Like you just said, you really get to know people and people get to know you. And I think it builds know, like, and trust much quicker. And there, I personally feel there's two ways it's really good. One, because your listeners get to know you and maybe the product you're selling. And they, like I said, they get to trust you. But also, you actually get to, it's a really good networking opportunity. So I get to come and have conversations with people like you. I've had people conversations with Elena Cardone. How else would I have a conversation with Elena Cardone? I, there's not many ways I could just reach out to somebody and be like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Um, or Stephen Bartlett, you know, and at, like you, it's really nice to be able to learn from people and what they say and their stories. And you're like, wow, I, mean, I, I, I take something away. And actually, this is so normally I'm not recording um, videos and I normally have a notepad and I'm frantically scribbling when I'm interviewing, frantically scribbling notes and just learning from them. I always take notes of my podcast and I look at them after, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we get the opportunity to have success with people in on business. And I think there's always people you can learn from. So that's the way I think podcast is really valuable. I think that if I wanted to do business with somebody, mm-hmm. um, this, is, this is what I've learned. If I send an email to somebody and I say, I love what you do, mm-hmm. I would love you to come and inspire my audience and tell your story. Would you please do that, please, please, please? invariably i know as they read that email this is this is the body language <laughs> well you know right? <laughs> i'm sure i can inspire a few people <laughs> i'd be happy to, to yeah, yeah. share my inspiring mm. story so there's a bit of an ego yeah. play there but if that's somebody i want to do business with then you're absolutely right i've got yeah. the coffee coffee that we just had downstairs yeah. that conversation obviously we know each other so yeah. it's a bit different mm-hmm. but then it's the chance to talk to somebody and mm-hmm. afterwards the chance to talk again mm-hmm. and if you want to do business with people, that's a great way of doing yeah. it. Who's, who's your favorite person you podcasted? Oh, do you know what? I've, I feel like we've had some really amazing guests. I loved Steve Bartlett interview from Social Chain because he said to me, he was like, don't ask me normal questions. Like, ask me why am I happy and things like that. And he was just really, if you follow him on social media, he's always willing to be very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is, think, yeah. yeah, especially around girlfriends. Yeah, he does it. You, you listen, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm a shit boyfriend, but it's like really, really talks about it openly. Yeah, it? no, yeah. which I really, I really liked about him. Um, and then Elena was really good. She was sharing some of the conversations that her and Grant had in the early years. Um, Did you talk Scientology? No, we didn't. It's not something I know too much about, so we didn't get into that. But we did talk about when they nearly lost it all, and um, just about. How, why why they've chosen to build an empire um and that was really enlightening and i learned so much from that and then i've also had some like not so big names on um of people that have just they just know their they know their industry really well mm-hmm. i had somebody on not that long ago who's a trademark lawyer and that was a really interesting conversation because like i said <coughs> we always want the podcast to be I want people to be able to listen to it and go oh i've learned something yeah takeaways yeah, yeah. like i love the how i built this podcast but it's a great storytelling. Often I'm like, oh, why didn't they just dig a little bit deeper into that? I want to know yeah. a bit more information. And so when we started ours, that was like <coughs> what I pledged to do, to dig a little bit deeper. I had Maria Hassel-Stefanison, who... Um, who? 
Maria Hattestefanis, who owns um, Rodiel. Rodiel. Yeah, it's like a um, um, makeup line. Okay. So it's in Harrods and Selfridges. It's huge. Um, she actually had Kylie Jenner as um, one of the faces one year. But I really got under her and asked her everything about building and what it was like to build a product-based business from scratch. And um, she actually shared that so much because she said it was one of the most thorough interviews she's ever had because I had like, gone with loads of notes. But I wanted people to be able to listen and go, oh, I actually have a bit more of an understanding of how to do this. I'm in this position. I want to have a product-based businesses business. I've not known where to start. And so I just kept digging into, okay, well, how do you find the manufacturers? Tell me. Do you know who Dr. Shafali is? No. She's the lady, the psychologist on Oprah Winfrey's show. Oh, okay. So I had her recently. Oh, cool. And we ran her videos through a piece of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so, so it could work out her personality characteristics and behavior. Wow, that's fascinating. And, yeah. <laughs> and so in the podcast, mm-hmm. I took the results out and I went through the results with her. And it was fascinating how accurate it was really? to describe her, yeah. And um, so, and again, my friend Harvey owns a mm. company called Searchy, and mm-hmm. for recruitment, they put everyone mm. that goes through their recruitment system, it's a video. Yeah. That video then determines the thousands of, of application applicants. It determines who's best suited for the role. I, I need this. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I can introduce you to yeah. it. And so then he said, he said to me, he said, would you like me to run a couple of your guests that are coming up through mm-hmm. the system? And he ran Dr. Shafali through and literally on the podcast, it's, it's, Alicia, do you remember? We sat there on the podcast. I'll, I'll actually show it to you here. Okay. Because it's really interesting. Um, so it, it described Dr. Shafali. Okay. Um, she values diplomacy and searches for win-win solutions, motivated by competition, enjoys to change people's minds, um, feels very comfortable mm. presenting in a formal environment, prefers to let other people talk and could feel uncomfortable with too much attention. This one will be nice to drill in on. Okay, how does she balance her natural desire to let other people have the spotlight with her role as a presenter and how does she manage that conflict? Wow. Natural problem solver and leans into analysis. Um, likes complicated theories, excels at understanding how historical events influenced and affect present situations. Um, why does she do it? Uh, likes to create stability. Um, I've not watched many of her videos anyway, yeah? So I, I, I gave it this to her mm. while we were in the podcast. Hey, Harv, I'm with Dr. Shafali. I went through that information you sent across to. What do you think? Yeah, that was really uncanny. I was... Uh... <laughs> quite uh, alarmed <laughs> she's really freaked out by it I'm quite impressed I have to say so wow. it's uh, this kind of stuff I find really interesting yeah, yeah? Mm. And trying try to understand people, people. in more detail. And, um, and, and from, a, from, a, from a podcasting perspective, I think you get a chance yeah. to do that with some great guests. When I think about, um, I've been really lucky. We had Tony Robbins on the show mm. a little while ago. I mean, Grant and Elena, yeah. Gary V recently. And Ty, yeah. Ty, Ty Lopez was epic. He's one of the he's one of the most well-read people I've met. Mm. If, if if you say to Ty Lopez palm trees, he would say, you know, there was a study done in 1957 by the late Dr. X Y Z, and he studied the impact of palm trees on the desert. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> wow! And you're like, what? And he turned the podcast around on me, started interviewing me. <laughs> He's really fascinating. Someone that you know is yeah. a, a student of, yeah. of, of knowledge. Okay, tell me about your relationship with Natalie. Mm. So you're two business partners, two females. Yeah. Is one alpha? Um, uh, uh, what kind of roles do each of you play in the business? It's a really interesting question, actually, because um, a lot of... Natty and I didn't actually know each other long before going into business with each other which is why i know so your whole point earlier being like have you jumped into this so we actually met in the september at a brendan bouchard event Mm -hmm. um who's a high performance coach for those people who don't know him and so we just built up a friendship and one thing i would say about when you this is what i mean by when you first meet people I always just try and get to know people, listen to them, ask conversations. I had no intent. We were just getting to know each other. And we both went into that relationship the same way. And we just became friends from it. And she told me she had this idea for the society, which was a membership. And when I got home, that idea was playing on my mind. And I just did some research for her. And I just sent her a load of research. And I was like, hey, I think this is what you're looking for. 
here's a couple of tweaks that in my experience and what I've looked at might be worth you considering. Here you go, just center. Didn't expect anything, we were just chatting. And then we had one conversation um, just one night on the telephone and she was saying what she loved, I was saying what I loved. And we were like, oh, we actually would make a pretty good partnership. Like, I love the strategy and the operations and she loves the sales and the operations, um, or sales and the strategy. And so, you know, we just built up a friendship and decided, yeah, we would go into business with each other. But it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind and we didn't really know each other that well. Um, we were very much, we're both quite, um, like, not, I'm very much heart on the sleeve, more so than she is. Um, but what you see is what you get with both of us. And so we just built this friendship and we started going into business together. And yeah, whenever, I think it's a bit like a marriage. I always think business partnerships are very much like a marriage. I've been with my husband 13 years, not married that long, but been with him 13 years. And I would say, I would say that you just have to learn and grow about each other. And that's what Natty and I have had to do. And out of choice as well as out and as necessity because when you bring two people together I don't know if one of us is more strong-minded than the other I think she makes decisions quicker so on the Colby score she's much more quicker decision I'll look at things and sess up I'll look at the ripple effect she'll see immediately in front of her I'll look down the chain and so I think that's one thing that we've definitely learned about each other and which means that we have had a lot of um, exponential growth because we do act fast but also we've had to kind of I'll I'll put on the brakes sometimes and say hey we need to think about this because there's gonna be a ripple effect x y and z but generally our relationship has grown we've both changed a lot over the two years that whenever you're building a business but it's something that we've both really invested in and you know just just like a marriage we've shown up every single day to each other and said look this is me flaws and all like I'm here but I'm willing to grow and listen to you and likewise she's done the same and I think that's probably been the the most amazing thing about building Boss Babe is like the relationship that Nat and I have and, and it she, she's both. based where LA, LA and you're based in um, UK. So yeah, this is the other thing. So people are, oh wow, you've done this with Boss Babe, but yeah, we've also done it with an eight different time zone. So yeah. eight hour different time zone, different continents. Um, so it's meant that we've really had to learn good communication techniques. And we've had to have conversations that actually, one thing when I'm out there, we always say walk and talks are easier. Like it's much easier to have difficult, difficult conversations when you're like walking and you're just like out. But having them on like a Zoom conference call, like just the two of us has been like very difficult. And we've invested in like a therapist to make sure that we're always open with our communications. Like we, I was saying before we started in here, we come from very different backgrounds. So we had different communication styles, which is also something that we had to kind of overcome. But what's amazing is that we've both, we're both very committed to our relationship and we say we're life wives <laughs> we're both committed to the relationship and just doing our best for each other and we know that both we know that each of us wants the best for each other and wants the best of the business and so do you think you becoming part of the business um and investing into that company do you think that gave natalie the opportunity to have a relationship with somebody rather than because it was almost like she was working alone for a while wasn't she well, she didn't actually, so Natalie was running the Boss Babe Instagram account, but right. that's all it really was, and there was a small membership. So when... What, well, tell, me, tell me those numbers then, to give me an idea. So she had the Boss Babe Instagram yeah, account. Yeah, so in, uh, it was owned by a girl called Alex, actually. Okay. So she owned a Boss Babe Instagram account, and there was Boss Babe Academy, which was a membership. And um, when the day we took over so we'd started working on the society which was going to be our new membership in the november but we didn't own boss babe account then so we were by natalie and i purchased it together 50 50 from alex um and natalie was already obviously in the company she was already in the instagram account and then we decided to purchase it and then that went through in the february and late february like the week later we launched the society which we've been working on the side which became our new membership and so within that first year we did over a million so we took it from like a company that had from what to what i think it was on something like a hundred thousand and then we went to a million that year and how much money did you spend on what advertising None. It's all organic. No advertising. None whatsoever. No. We bought, when we had the and as I said, also we went in the Instagram account. But last year, two thousand and eighteen was the year because yeah. it's yeah. So that year, you spent no money on advertising and took it from a hundred thousand to a million. Yeah. What did you do? 
we created a product. So Basis Society was created for market research. So we, two things, Natalie and I were our, were our ideal clients. We were, we were creating something that we wanted. Like we, there wasn't a community for ambitious women that actually got us. So what, a, what we have a lot in our community is that people have their friends from school. They have their friends, um, you know, that might know locally, but some of their friends don't really get them. They don't get them saying, hey, I want to do this, or I want to earn more money, or I want to create this business. People don't get it. And so people get a little bit lonely. And so that's where I was coming from. So I was kind of like, no one really around me is getting my ambition. In fact, most people were telling me to like ease off on my ambition and thought I was getting, you know, like, oh, be careful, you know you're just going to end up disappointed was something I'd heard a lot. And then Natalie came from the point of view where actually she was already doing some work. She's like freelancing, uh, including with Boss Babe. And she was lonely. She was a lonely entrepreneur and she didn't have those people around her. So we created it for those people. And we asked them like, what do they want from it? What do they want to see in there? And so we made sure that when we launched, it had... we what we did very cleverly we did a survey monkey right and we asked long long form questions in it so we got people to not just tick boxes but to use their language then what we did in all our sales copy is we took the language that people were using so people started saying to us like they didn't have a direction and we were like that wasn't a word we were ever going to use like a loss of direction and that was one of the words that stood out to us so like survey monkey does this thing where it makes in you know bold um and capitals words that are popular so we listened and then we incorporated incorporated that into our sales copy so that when we launched it we launched it to our community because obviously we had who did the that. survey monkey survey go to um, all of our boss babe community and then outside like friends and family got people to share it so okay so so people you emailed that to people yeah and then friends and family shared that on yeah and we also did um swipe ups on instagram okay so yeah we share we shared that audience and and one thing i would say is even if people don't even even if your audience is small our audience was like nowhere near the size as it is now i think it was like 200,000 followers which i know is still pretty large but nowhere nowhere near the size it is now and um so if you don't have an audience what i would definitely suggest in doing is that you create some type of survey monkey that either you send out to people that you know who are your ideal clients and ask them to share with a few people and you can always do like competitions on the end of it um, but if we shared it and then we learned from it and then we launched it. Did you do competitions? We didn't know because we had an audience, but I know people that have done that and it's worked really well. Um, so I, I've got 30,000 people on my Instagram account. I send that out to my 30,000 people and I say, share it with other people, please. Yeah. And okay. you, and you can do You can say run a competition from it. You might not even need to at that point. Because 30,000, you should be able to get some good bits of feedback from. And also people who have already bought your courses or you've done work with too. Um, so yeah, we gathered information and um, learned from it and then created the society. And that's what we grew with the first year. Um, and then we also did um, a couple of other projects. So we helped, be, so we did the society and then we also did an upsell. So this is what we've been working on at the moment is lifetime value of our clients, which I think a lot of people forget. So, you know, the, the cost of an acquisition. So I think the statistics are um, for a cold audience, you are like, 25 um, to 25% likely to get an acquisition. And then from an existing audience, it goes up to 60 to 75%. When you all know this, you're in sales, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea was now like, we wanted to make sure that we have a, a, um, a product suite that people can move through. So they come and they might join for the planner. Um, which we've just launched this year, which is going to be on, uh, an easy entry point to learning about Boss Babe. Or it might be the society, but then from that we have courses that cost more and then more in depth. And then we have our masterminds and we have our VIPs and we have our events. So we're always trying to nurture people through um, the Boss Babe products. And I think that's really been important. So, How often do you try and sell something to one of your followers? Is that something you will be doing consistently or is that something you do sporadically? Because people don't want to be sold to all the time, do they? Yeah, it's varied. So initially it was very sporadic and we would just launch. We would, and if anyone has memberships, I'd really recommend that open and close. That works really well. So we open for two weeks and then close the doors because when we did leave it open, we were trying to constantly sell and it didn't work. So we do an open and close. So we basically 
you know, people hear a lot of, lot about it for two weeks and the doors close and then there's a wait list. But we're always nurturing people and selling people in different channels all the time. Just might not be on the same channel all the time. So whether it's email, Facebook, Instagram, podcast, bossbabe.com, all the places, then we're, we're con- consistently nurturing them. And then even in our nurture sequences as emails. So there's, al- there's always selling points. You can buy from us every single day. So from this conversation so far, a couple of really important takeaways for me. I think the, the one thing that you mentioned about your, your business doesn't have to be built around social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. a, a thing that a lot of people forget. Yeah. Um, and by forgetting that, they just get, they get then, then I would say anxiety around oh, the numbers. Um, I also think that the that, that understanding niche is really important. Yeah. And I think that if everybody really gets a good understanding of their niche and, and leans into their niche rather yeah. than being all things to all people. Um, and the voice of the <clears throat> niche too is important. And the voice of the yeah. niche as well. So understanding how you're, so I just want to pull this up because my, I had my mum proofread some things and obviously my mum's in her 60s and she was like, mm, this isn't grammatically correct. I was like, yeah, but it sounds, it doesn't sound like our audience if it's not written this way. And so I think there's also understanding how your audience speaks and how they relate to your content. It's interesting too. you say that. Yesterday we were making some motivational videos, weren't we? And we were going through the auto cue. And as I was mm. reading from the auto cue, I said, this isn't my language. Yeah. Okay, this is not how I speak. So it has to be the way that you speak, doesn't yeah. it? Or how all the audience reads. Yeah, it's a good point. You're, um, two years ago when I got to know you, you were kind of like a, um, a kind of hungry, um, let me describe this right. Um, yeah, a, hung, a hungry, <laughs> humble, um, enthusiastic person that wanted to learn. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, even though we know each other, it's the first time we've met, isn't it? This is really weird. You come across much different to that in person. Mm -hmm. Okay, in what way? Um, You are a a very determined somebody, aren't you? (laughs) I think you have to be. And I think that, yeah, but I think it really, uh, sitting here watching Mm. your nonverbal communication as well, it really (laughs) resonates with me. and it's really, really lovely sitting here talking to you about this. And I'm really proud of you for what you've achieved oh, because it's in, quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what's what, what's going to happen in 2020 to your business? Um, first of all, thank you for saying that, by the way. <laughs> I think I'm blushing. Um, but I, I, also, and I also just want to touch on the fact that like, with anything within business, I think you do have to be determined and I like to be quietly determined I think there's a lot to be said for just rolling your sleeves up and getting on with it rather than just telling everybody what you're gonna do mm-hmm. so even like the time and you're asking me about 2020 there's there's a few there's a few things that we have lined up and we're hoping it will continue to grow um, well you're telling me you're not gonna give me a scoop on anything no I am okay. it's coming don't okay, worry okay, okay. patience okay patience. drum roll <laughs> <laughs> no I think we're we'll be launching a new course so basically 2020 for us like we like I said started in 2018 February 2018 first year was super scrappy like really scrappy doing I've probably done it well I've done every single job (laughs) within Boss Babe which is quite normal um 2019 has been hard like really hard growing a team and um just to give like people a bit more understanding listening I did not come from a corporate background like I like I say my first my first few jobs were in chiropractic then I was I was in a startup and I I managed to do really well in that startup but I've never been in a corporate environment so building a team this year and understanding how to run a business um at like that's growing quickly has definitely thrown its challenges at us but I think we've done well I think so 2020 is all going to be for me and Natalie around leadership really honing our leadership skills. That's something I really, really want to do and I want to be the best leader I can be. And then um, working with the team to add a new product. So we've just launched our new planner, um, which sold out in 12 hours, which is really incredible. Um, so How many got did you sell more, in 12 hours? Um, a few thousand. Yeah, so we did How much you charge for your planner? Order, um, 50, 50, $49, but we did 20% off. Um, to our existing audience. We always like to um, look after people. So really excited for how that's gonna grow and bring in some more physical products. And then we're also launching a new course on how to, one of the questions we get asked a lot is, 
How do you launch an online business? And so, yes, we've done courses on Instagram before, but Natty and I really wanted to create a course that was on a lot of the things we've discussed today about understanding, like, okay, about emails, about different channels that you can utilize, about, okay, finding out what content you do like creating and how you can help uh, leverage a team around that. Um, so that's the course that we're going to be launching in February 2020. And then we'll be doing a few more events. Oh, actually, this whole break coming out to Dubai was for me to kind of, pull out of the business a little bit and do some more strategy. We've got a few things we want to change within society, making that better. It's all about product improvement um, and making our, you know, for as we're succeeding when we had, we had a mission that wasn't around our income. It was around the income of the women in our community. And we want to make sure that we're helping women earn more money, but also create success in our own terms. And for us, you know, business isn't just about, about I think success comes in all different shapes and sizes and we really like to look at the holistic approach to business so it's not just about money it's about your wellness your mindset how you're showing up and um, that's what we want to stay really true to so all of our products have like meditations in or mindset stuff and I think that's what I want to build into 2020 a bit more as well wow that's epic isn't it yeah it's exciting exciting, really exciting like I have yeah it's exciting journey of entrepreneurship the roller coaster of entrepreneurship i'm gonna say actually <laughs> yeah you get uh, i like the bit where you say yeah we'll be we just sometimes you get your head down and roll your sleeves up that's when you're going oh yeah basically and i do you know what i actually think that's a really important topic to discuss because i you know we've spoken a lot about instagram and we all know that social media can be the um highlight reel and that's definitely something I'm quite passionate about. And why I do love podcasts as well. It's like you got to share like the real behind the scenes and like have this conversation like actually it's really hard. Yeah, this looks great. And we've done loads, but you know, also grown a few more gray hairs in the process. And yeah. you know, it's been hard, which I'm sure you. Well, nothing worth having is easy, yeah, is it? It's exactly. just how you condition yourself to it. Yeah. Danielle Canty yeah. on the Spencer Lodge podcast. <laughs> how about that? Thank you so much for having me, Spencer. Great to have you on the show. <laughs>